the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Video Junkyard Podcast. Today you find yourself at the doorstep of episode number 125 of the podcast. Uh, Every time I announce one of these, I can barely believe it, but uh, with me, as always, is my good friend and co-host, Joe Peterson. How's it going tonight, Joe? It's going pretty good. How are you? Oh, I'm doing pretty good, all things considered. Yeah. Um, Yeah, kind of... uh, Man, those COVID numbers, and I'm sure when you're listening to this in the future shouldn't say I'm sure. I should be optimistic, but damn it, the way things are going. I'm pretty sure they're going to be worse than right now, but man, it's kind of scary out there, so I hope it, everybody's it, being safe, and especially marching into the holidays. It's just... Eesh. So <laughs> have, have you guys canceled all of your holiday plans? Yes, everything's going to be... All of our get-togethers will be happening via you know the internet in some way. We will be staying home and not seeing any anybody that doesn't live in our house, so it'll just be the four of us for the holidays this year. You know, I, I'm not, you know me, I'm I'm not somebody who really buys into superstition or fate, necessarily. That all being right. said, if I could choose one year where I had a damn good excuse not to be around extended family, <laughs> it'd yeah. be this year, right after this election. Yeah, maybe it's all... Uh... I don't want to be around some neighbors right now. I sure as hell have some aunts, uncles, and cousins I don't want to be around, so... Having to go, oh, you know what? The numbers are just not good here, and for everybody's safety. Which, you know, that's not that's not misleading either. Let me tell them, it's best for everyone's safety if we just don't get together. It's a very yeah. accurate statement in many ways. I could, you know, you just mean that in a few different ways. Yeah, I mean exactly. that in a couple different ways. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's ugly. So I think uh, it... I, I have a feeling if this wasn't an election year, we'd have a lot more people demanding to get together with family members. But this year, <laughs> I, I'm noticing everybody's like, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, it's cool, you know. Whatever. Are you guys yeah, still going to we... do like a Thanksgiving thing at home, like do a dinner and all that? Yeah, we'll probably do a, you know, do a turkey and, you know, all the stuff. Basically, it'll be, you know, typical Thanksgiving with just the, but just with the four of us, so. Yeah, it'll be fun. We're going to do, um, like, obviously not going to cook a whole turkey for just the four of us. Yeah. Yeah. Only three we'll of us probably do, like, it. a breast or something. I don't know. We haven't decided. But, yeah, yeah I want to do, do a big turkey. <laughs> a couple of legs, but I want to fry them. I've oh, always nice, wanted yeah. to try, like, deep-fried turkey. So instead of doing a it's, whole turkey, I'm just going to do it in pieces. I have not personally done it, but my brother-in-law in the past has done it at Thanksgiving, and it is very good. It is worth... Uh, you know, as long as you do it safely. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm going to be outside with it. And again, yeah. just using, doing a breast and it doesn't take long. Uh, no. And, you know, and then doing, doing the legs, it shouldn't, shouldn't take forever, but that'll be fun. We're going to try that. And, but yeah, we're going to do our own little mini Thanksgiving and, and, you know, have, have people uh, call in when they want to. I don't know. We need to come up with a collective term for this, like zoom in works, but that really, I don't know, yeah. is zoom becoming like the equivalent of Kleenex? It just means anything like that. I think so. It used to be like, well, I mean, we, we use Skype. Skype in the very production of this, this podcast, but yeah, it used to be Skyping was the thing. If you were going to talk to somebody online or be, you know, call via the internet, um, you were going to Skype them. And it didn't really matter if you were actually using like Google Hangouts or you were using, you know, whatever Microsoft had, you were, you were Skyping them. I guess Skype is Microsoft, whatever, it doesn't matter. But, um, I mean, should we just yeah, call maybe, it I think Zoom has taken over. <laughs> I think we should just What's use that? beaming or something. Beaming. Yeah. Be like, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, is there, is there a name for the little like hologram pucks they use in Star Wars? Uh, I'm, I'm sure there is. <laughs> I am not coming up with it right off the top of my head, but nerds assemble, help us out. Yeah, here. I was what? gonna say I, do, I don't think there's anything in Star Wars period that doesn't have a name of some sort, if not like a serial number and you know 
<laughs> so. A copyright. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> a social security number and yeah, that there right. everything's on the grid. But yeah, I, I what I'd like to do, and I'm sure this exists, I'm just ignorant to it, but I would love to do uh, a system where instead of using a phone or using my laptop or I gotta like carry it around so everybody can see whoever's on the call. If we mm -hmm. could just hook it up to the TV and put our webcam on top of the TV in the living room. And it's like, yeah, yep, there's Graham and Grandpa. They're up in the corner. I'm sure there's a yeah. way to do it, probably with hooking up a, cam a, a computer, but I, I'm curious if there's a more streamlined way of doing it. As far as I know, um, I guess you could, your phone, we were talking, I think we were just talking about beforehand, but you should be able to download an app if you have a smart TV that will boot, that will beam. There you go, beaming. This actually, uh, the um, image, just so like it could screen capture your okay. phone or, or yeah. screen mirror your phone so screen mirroring and so you could do it that way um i'm not sure i'm pretty sure it mirrors audio too so everything should be good it still use the microphone on your phone would be the only thing that might screw it up but yeah that's what i anyway. want to figure out like <laughs> is there a way i can do like get a mic and a camera on the tv and maybe it's a small computer that you have to hook up I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure somebody's listened to this, going, "You moron, this exists." And it's called. Oh, oh yeah, we're doing like old guy tech support here, so yeah. it's like you yeah, know it'd sure be really nice like to do guys. if I could send a message through a phone of words. <laughs> yeah. I'd be great because sometimes I don't want to talk. I could just type you something on my keyboard here and just send it off to like, a message yeah. of just words. I don't know, like text. Yeah. I don't know what I'd call it though. <laughs> well, speaking of like little, you know, messages, words, and messages on the phone. We have a momentous occasion that I feel like we need to mark before we get to our um, masterpiece theater of <laughs> the cinema that we're doing this evening. Um, we here at the Video Junkyard Podcast have received our official first piece of listener feedback, and I got it via a uh, text today from uh, somebody, a friend of mine, but somebody who I didn't realize was a listener of the podcast, which is exciting. Um but a childhood friend of mine who you probably remember as well, since Joe and I both grew up in the, mm -hmm. um, just uh, shot me a message about our Cube episode and recommended that we actually check out the sequels. In his exact words, um, he saw, or saw Cube on VHS like a lot of others around 1998. Um, he said he's seen the other two. Part two is bananas, and part three gets more into the mythology and the string pulling that makes the cube work. Um, he said neither of them are good movies per se, but it gives you a lot to talk about in a mythology to the series. Oh. So, um, And that came from a good friend of mine, probably besides you, Joe, the first person I remember being friends with a little kid, and that's uh, Matt Zumdahl, who's uh, oh, very cool. first uh, listening, uh, has been listening, also mentioned he's been listening to the podcast, not just the Cube episode, but so, oh. so thanks, Matt, for uh, checking it out, and um, also for uh, being the official first piece of, like, feed <laughs> solicited feedback we've gotten here on episode 125, but I know I appreciate it, and so I, I kind of messaged him back and said, well, maybe we were kind of leaning again to the no side on the sequels but you know after that maybe i'll have to reconsider i've but. actually not it wasn't listener feedback but just in conversations with people over the last few weeks have mentioned you know oh yeah we recorded an episode on on cube and i've also heard oh you should check out the sequels and the same kind of thing like they're not great but you know they add to it mm -hmm. <laughs> so if yeah i mean we're all going to be on lockdown maybe that's the that's the thanksgiving yeah there activity. you go. Gather around, kids. <laughs> Is everybody full? All right, now let's watch a cube movie. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of locking somebody in a room and torturing them, the film that we're going to uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> check yeah, out this evening like. yeah. could could be used in in that method, uh, depending on who you talk to, I suppose. But we are. I think I totally, totally butchered uh, introducing this in our next week on last week, but it is actually the Spanish. Uh, cult slasher film Pieces. Warning. What you will see in the movie Pieces cannot be revealed, cannot be described, cannot even be imagined. And you don't have to go to Texas for a chainsaw massacre. Pieces. It's exactly what you think it is. Pieces. Absolutely no one under 17 will be admitted. 
Uh, Pieces was made in 1982, directed by Juan Picar Simon, and um, yeah, shot. It was a co-production, American uh, Spanish co-production, shot mostly in Boston, um, where uh, yeah, about a chainsaw wielding serial killer who is trying to collect uh, female body parts to build a human jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> um, that uh, doesn't even begin to explain the wacky stuff that occurs in this movie. Um, had you ever heard of this one? Before? I had not. I mean, maybe I had. This fit, the name and the concept felt familiar, but only to the level where I think maybe it was mentioned in passing in an article I read in Fangoria about something else in the 90s. <laughs> I mean, we're talking yeah. that, like, pieces. Yeah, vaguely. It it, it it sparks a synapse, but not much of one. Um, hmm. The And so I, I know I'd never seen it before. Um, so I just want you to know, Eric, that at some point <laughs> in my notes, and I usually watch these movies kind of late at night, um, at one point in my notes, it does say Jesus fucking Christ, Eric. <laughs> Followed by, uh, okay, strapping in. <laughs> okay, I kind of knew what I was getting into because I, I had seen pieces before. And uh, my history with this one is sometime when I was in college uh, shopping for horror movies at Best Buy or whatever, I picked up a 20-disc, you know, those like value yeah. packs of 20 horror movies in one pack. And it was always kind of, you know, your bottom of the barrel or they'd have a couple of name things like they'd throw night of the living dead in their house on haunted hill or something else that was you know in the um public domain yeah what do they call it? yeah public domain and um but they'd get you to buy it based on those couple of good ones and they would have just this mostly kind of junk and z-grade drive-in kind of cult movies um some of which would be just unwatchably bad and some that would be Let's go with memorably bad. <laughs> you know, you'd never really get you'd never really get a great movie, but you'd certainly get some memorable ones. And that's where I put pieces. And it's memorable for a lot of reasons. Mostly how just terribly inept and awful most of the movie is uh, to a totally, in my opinion, comic level. Like this thing. Like right, even when I didn't know what I was getting into. Um. By about halfway through, I decided that it was the funniest, like, bad movie I had ever seen at that point. And now, through the podcast and through some of my other, like, getting more into cult movies, it perhaps is no longer my favorite, but it certainly was an early example of a movie that is literally so bad it's good, and that is, like, everything about this is just kind of... Um, and I suppose it could be argued, It does. do we ever get to the point where it's so bad it's good? The so bad is definitely not arguable, I don't think. You're not going to... I don't think anyone's going to tell you this thing's a masterpiece of any sort. Oh, no. Um, but. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And, you know, okay, so uh, notes. Uh, I have very first notice. Okay, very Silent Night, Deadly Night vibe at the beginning. Yeah. Then I say, oh, that didn't take long. Holy fuck, a saw. And I, I keep going from there. Um, I mean, holy fuck, a saw is kind of a good synopsis of this whole movie. Uh, until like for some reason in late thir- late in the third act, the killer decides to give up his chainsaw for a you know butcher knife, the more you know kind of Michael Myers style oversized butcher knife. But yeah, that's one of the things I notice a lot of the kills in this because it's a slasher, but it's also that typical kind of blend of a giallo meets prom night. You know where you <laughs> half of yeah. the movie is the killer's perspective, and you know it's the killer's perspective because of the heavy breathing. Uh, the, and the black gloves. It, I don't know. In this movie, the heavy breathing is kind of not even like that doesn't even do it justice because this is not just heavy breathing, but this guy's like essentially moaning um, while he's like walking around. It's really, really strange. <laughs> like um, just just one of the like terrible, you know, oh, let this like since Ryan isn't here and Ryan, I'm sure would, you know, never oh. forgive me if I made him watch pieces. But um I will honor Ryan by saying one of the many bold creative decisions made by yes. um, Juan Piquer, Simone, and crew in this movie. Um, the beginning, yeah. the beginning of this movie. So, like Silent Night, Deadly Night, it it pulls a let's see how much trauma we can pack into a kid. Mm-hmm. But it actually takes a very quick turn where 
so the movie opens up with a little boy putting together a jigsaw puzzle and his mom walking in on him and the jigsaw puzzle happens to be of a nude woman mm-hmm. which he clearly got somewhere and he's clearly a small child and probably doesn't really fully understand what he's doing and instead of going hey that's inappropriate she starts beating him and verbally <laughs> abusing him yeah like you don't you're gonna do... be just like your father all this like yeah she's you know. she's not taking her day out on him she's taking her like adult life um yeah and then he just kills her and cuts her up <laughs> and yeah, <he> finishes <laughs> the puzzle that i wrote that oh my god holy shit the kid finishes the puzzle um and then when the police get there He's cognitive enough to fake it. Yeah, he plays victim. And and then I wrote, oh, and now the opening credits at 4 minutes and 27 seconds. That all happens mm-hmm. before the opening credits of this film. It sets the tone. You, okay, you think it sets the tone for the film. It tells you a few things about the film, and that's good. It's going to be gratuitous and generally um, paint, paint its characters in pretty broad strokes. Uh, but what it doesn't tell you is that this movie and you mentioned it with like kind of the blend of like the 80s drive or like 70s drive and exploitation thing mixed with some like early 80s um like you said prom night i think that's a good because there's there's like dance and gymnastics kind of vibe going at times Mm -hmm. here and uh with you know italian um giallo films obviously because the killer is shrouded in black wears black gloves has a lot of pov uh the breathing all of that stuff kind of comes out of that genre um, so it it is all over the place, like style wise and what it's what it's supposed to be about. I also like one of my first and this was within the first 20 minutes of the film I wrote down is like another film name for this film could have been MacGuffin the movie, since literally they try to make everybody in this like seem like, oh, it could be that guy. Oh, it could be that guy when it's very, very obvious, at least to me, like what's going on pretty early in the movie that everybody's like <laughs> everyone's a MacGuffin like, you know, yeah. Anyway. Yep. Yep. But it's Every like single character. Um, I've got some some favorite lines. Uh, the the main and let's see, I'm blanking on some of the the cast members here. Um, is it Willard? Yeah. Willard is the groundskeeper. Okay. <laughs> the so creepy, not Willard. Like... Willard is creepy as hell throughout this entire yeah. movie. <laughs> the um, creepy, squinty um, groundskeeper who Dean Foley. wears a tracksuit throughout the whole yeah. movie. Dean Foley, oh, yeah. Dean played Foley. by Edmund uh, Purdom. Who is a poor man's James Mason, by the way. Yes, because the yeah. first line he has when he walks into his office and the police are there, it's, Ah, Lieutenant. <laughs> <laughs> it's just this really long, He's just ah. doing... Okay. I'm I'm overselling. I'm giving him too much credit. Calling him a poor man's James Mason. It's really a poor attempt at being James Mason. Is really what this is. But yeah. Um, <laughs> and I. So you've got the 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 dean right, and there's a mm-hmm. Professor Brown as well, Professor Arthur Brown, who's another suspect because the uh, ladies really like Professor Brown, um, including the one <laughs> girl who says before going over and trying to seduce him. The most beautiful thing in the world is smoking pot and fucking on a waterbed at the same time. <laughs> I love the lines in this movie. I, I'm not going to say is... it like she does, but I can't do it justice. Yeah. There is so many great utter nonsense lines. And I, I wondered, like, okay, this was originally made in Spanish. So, like, I'm like, what? Or it's a Spanish production. I don't know if it was made in Spanish. It was obviously dubbed. Um, sometimes in Europe, as we've learned from talking about uh, Italian films, like sometimes they did produce films. Uh, it was the trend in Italy to actually produce films in English, but they usually wouldn't use because of accenting. They usually wouldn't use the actual actors' voices. They would have them dubbed for the international market, or just li- literally dubbed the movies. They would all go in with the plan that we're we're doing all the audio in post and we're going to have other actors talk for you. That's literally how they were making movies. So have you seen Argento movie or a Fulci movie or things like that, that it's dubbed, but it's not dubbed like because there, it was originally in Italian. It was always in English, but they just didn't have the actors do the, do Mm -hmm. the voices. Um, 
I'm not sure if that was the case here. I kind of, from just like lip reading, got the impression that that was. They did do it mostly in English, but... Um, so, long story short, that does not give them an excuse that any of this was a translation thing. The script is really just that... <laughs> that <Abysmal>. bad. <laughs> like, yeah. and it's not bad in a way... Like, it's almost just silly bad. Like, it's. I feel like somebody, whoever wrote this down, had to be having fun with it and, like, trying to, you know at least have be a little bit aware of what they were doing here um i don't know but then there's other parts where the filmmaking is just so inept that i that i stop believing that i'm like no there's no way this was intentional it's just so well so you've got these, put these murders that are happening <laughs> i mean the story itself you've got these murders happening on a college campus and the dean's first thing is uh, let's just take care of this investigation quietly before the media picks up i'm like you've got pe- students getting murdered on a college campus and you're gonna keep that quiet <laughs> yeah in what universe? <laughs> well, and it's always, you know, a scantily clad um, co-ed that is hacked up in a public place by, by a chainsaw. So it's like, how do you keep, not only how do you keep murders quiet, how do you keep that kind of murder quiet? <laughs> it's literally the loudest murder, you know, slasher movie I've ever seen because there's buzzing chainsaws and screaming and, you know. Yeah, people walking past, um, not noticing anything. <laughs> you know, yeah. the, 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 uh, the weirdest murder in this is the girl in the swimming pool. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. so strange because the, the killer kills her with a pool skimmer. <laughs> yep. It makes no sense. <laughs> like, it's, I've got a very shallow net that's very loosely around your the back of your neck and you're swimming. And I don't know why you don't just dive under the water and get out from under it but no <laughs> you just kind of go along with it going ah and then when she gets to like the side of the pool she's bleeding i'm like wow <laughs> what's, what's, what's... <laughs> it was like the most absurd kill scene ever yeah you know? yeah and this i mean it's absolutely the the entire the we've made the plot sound like it makes sense it doesn't really make sense at all and this is just like literally a string of ludicrous scenes that kind of has a little bit of plot running through at each other, including like the most unbelievable like police officers I've ever seen or detectives I've ever seen. Um, and really, really pushing the like, you know, um, exploitation aspect of literally every murder that takes place in this movie is a, you know, mostly nude, uh, young female victim. And, um, so, Obviously, this type of a movie, that's one of the perks that they're obviously going for. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, in the modern day and age, that thing, it, it can play to be a little cringy at times, um, even if you're on board with the concept. Um, but, yeah, the, the, funny, the funny and fun thing about this is it literally is just a bunch of scenes that make absolutely no sense kind of strung together into, like, a loose slasher movie. Yeah. Uh, laughable things like the tennis match played by people that like most definitely have never played tennis in their life before and they're supposed to be pro tennis players um yeah the fight scenes there's the, a kung the one fu that scene remember, <laughs> yeah there's that's a where kung I was just fu going. scene in a giallo <laughs> film yeah and it and okay not only does that sound ridiculous but the when you actually describe what the scene is about a, a woman walking home uh, in the dark, you know, on the campus where all these murders. She's she's actually working with the police. She's kind of an under undercover agent for the police to go in and find out what's going on with these murders. And of course, she's um, a little older, but you know, young, attractive woman essentially as well. Uh, is walking home in the dark and is randomly attacked by a kung fu instructor. But we don't get that till afterwards. This guy just shows up. And starts trying to beat the heck out of her. <laughs> um, and, uh... Yep, yep. When it's finally broken up by Kendall. Well, we haven't even talked about Kendall, who's, like, the main character in this movie. Um, this nerdy guy that, for some reason, is getting all this tail. Um, but... <laughs> and, uh... But he breaks it up, and he's, he's like, oh, what, what the heck, you know, so-and-so. It's Oh, it's my kung fu instructor. Yeah, and this is... This is why are you doing this? Why are you attacking? It's like, oh, I, uh, I don't know. Last thing I remember, I was I was going to bed. Must have eaten, eaten some bad chop suey or something. Like something super racist, you know? Like yeah. Um, <laughs> it makes yeah, like, fight literally thing makes the scene. No sense. No a- sense at all. Absolutely not. It. I thought there was going to be a catch, and it was going to be related to something else in the movie. 
and it's not. It literally was that this uh, kung fu instructor supposedly ate some bad food and went out attacking people on campus during. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I don't know. And he he actually referred to him not as kung fu instructor, but my kung fu professor, by the way. Yeah, kung so, fu professor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know you could be a professor of kung fu, but I do have new life goals. So exactly. Uh, yeah, that's a thing now. Um, yeah, the, the Kendall character is very strange. It's like this the the most unlikable hero. He's just like bumming around with the cops because a yeah. girl he liked and was fooling around with got murdered, and so he's like, "Gee, officer, can I hang around? I really think it'd be neat to be a police officer." And they just let him shadow him during a murder investigation that yeah. he's kind of involved in. And not to mention, yeah, he's probably, if you use logic, the most likely suspect that for these police officers. Like, and one of the cops, you know, uh, Detective Mike Pence, I believe, is the. Uh, um, but. Uh, uh, is uh, it? No. No, it uh, seemed like it. <laughs> no, the guy with white hair that looked exactly like the vice yeah. president, but. Um, he he at one point says to the other lead detective and i'm sorry i'm dropping names here too i didn't care enough to even figure out what their names were but um he's dropping to the other lead detective that like oh yeah that that kid that you're hanging out with all the time like he's he's a suspect in the case you know that right (laughs) like he's like oh no i trust him and all this and Honestly, if you if you you know added a little bit different music to a couple of these scenes, it would really look like there's a budding romance going on between this detective and this young, you know, yeah. in this movie. Yeah, it's so, there. But uh, I briefly mentioned the character <laughs> Willard, who's the groundskeeper, who is just this big, angry, grumpy, mm-hmm. super suspicious guy, played by Paul L. Smith, who has been in a number of other things, yes, including he, Midnight uh, Express. Yeah. He was Bluto in Robert Altman's Popeye movie. Uh, and he was uh, Glossal Robin in the David Lynch Dune film. Right, yeah. Yeah, I forgot that one, but yep. So he's actually been in, in quite a lot of stuff. He's probably the uh, biggest name actor you're, you're going to find in pieces, honestly. <laughs> so. mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, he, he's your first, your first quote-unquote MacGuffin that, I mean, these are just overly done. Like, they, they <laughs> the filmmakers try to point you at people, and it's just so overly done, and... Uh, yeah, anyway, it's just like one after the other after the other. And, yeah, Willard is a weird character. Mm-hmm. What about <laughs> He kind the... of, like, scowl, walks around scowling at people all the time. Yeah, and, and doing things that clearly make him look like the suspect. Like, hey, yeah. you're the groundskeeper, and for some reason there's this really loud, obnoxious music blasting over the loudspeakers. Can you turn it off? Can we, we call? Oh, I don't know how to. Well, can we call someone who can? You're not allowed to use that phone. <laughs> okay, well, can you then? Jesus Christ. Or how about, like, after there's chainsaw murders, actually walking around with a chainsaw after? Like, yeah. But. Yeah, he totally doesn't do anything to clear his name as being a suspect. Yeah. Um, what about the effects in this one? Um, It's one of the places where it shines, and when I say shines, it's not like they're great, but it's definitely they have a lot of kind of gross, almost like Herschel Gordon Lewis um, moments of, like, graphic kind of zoom in on the gore <laughs> moments uh definitely another thing that's going to get like people that are into like culty uh, culty movies interested in this is it does have um and a couple of scenes that the special effects are fairly respectable um apparently they used a pig carcass for mm-hmm. the famous chainsaw where the chainsaw murderer cuts a woman in half at the waist almost or above just above the waist um and they use a pig carcass and actually have the chainsaw cut right through that uh, thing. And it, it's pretty disgusting and it's pretty... Uh, effective. I, mean. I, I want to say, yeah, effective is a better word. I almost said realistic. Like, I know what it's like to cut somebody with a chainsaw. Obviously, I do not. Um, More life it, goals. It, uh. it's, yeah, <laughs> it, sells, it definitely sells the moment and it's a really gross special effect and it works. Um, that's probably the strength of this movie. The only strength it has outside of being unintentionally hilarious almost all the way through. Um, it does have some special effects that are, um, you know, kill effects, essentially horror and gore effects that, that work They're it, They're pretty gross and it's, it, it, it lingers on them, you know, cause it's an exploitation film. Surely lingers on them for a long time. And it's, it's effectively 
nasty, you know. Um, yeah, this... I believe this movie got actually got banned in the UK. It was on the video nasties list for for quite a while. But... Yeah, I believe so. Um, you know, and it actually has some some Herschel Gordon Lewis style to it. Oh yeah, because uh, yeah, the, it's the, that kind of movie. <laughs> yeah, the splatter, the blood, and stuff like that. It's, it's... <laughs> the terrible acting, the inept filmmaking, like yeah, you know, yeah, all of that, all of that. <laughs> but but it thinks it's an Argento movie. <laughs> Right, it's that's really the thing. Is <laughs> it's either it's either an '80s like gymnastics kind, of, which was a genre, right? That was like a thing. People, yeah, were we into, haven't reviewed like, Killer Workout the, yet. Yeah, yeah, yet. <laughs> Sounds like one I'm gonna bring to the table someday. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, another. I just because this is just a, like really the best thing about this movie is just the the bold creative decisions that they they yeah. keep making throughout. Another favorite moment of mine is Kendall has a friend question mark or acquaintance that is like this nerdy um, kind of, I don't know. I don't even know how you would describe him. He obviously works for the dean's office in some way because he's connected to that. He's delivering messages at one point. But Kendall also kind of hangs around and is talking to him at other points. I really can't figure out who this guy is or where he belongs in the plot, but he's there. Uh, he's like Kendall's char- you know, other student character that he talks to at other points. Anyway, there is a moment in this movie where he decides, I don't know, or the filmmakers decide to have a jump scare, a, a, a you know, fake jump scare where this character is wearing like a spooky hollow rubber Halloween mask and you know jumps out and kind of tries to scare Kendall and they, they it works in the film or attempts to work as a jump scare. But the, the, the moment after it is where I really love it is that he rips off the mask. Uh, you know, Kendall's like, oh, you dude. And he just, like, looks at him and he's like, Casanova! And, like, runs off. like Yeah, <laughs> just totally <laughs> random. Made, totally random. Like Did nothing I mean, for the story. I guess they have kind of talked about, like, they, they have a couple of scenes talking about, oh, how Kendall's, you know, such a wonderful ladies' man. And he's he's dating all these girls and all this stuff. And... But uh, it's just it. I'm not selling how ridiculous the moment is, and it's really funny. But, yeah, it, um, it's it is. To... It's really well. Like every scene in this movie is like, why did you? Cho- who decided that was? Yeah, what? <laughs> the good way to go with it. Um, I feel like that's why this movie is entertaining to me because it's so bad. But it's like, um, every scene that starts, you're by the time you kind of get what this, you know, get that effect that this is happening throughout the movie. Um, then it starts to be like a fun mystery. Like, how are they gonna fuck this scene up, and what's gonna come out of here that is unexpected and makes no sense? You know. Oh, next? they do that, and they just keep doing it. And they, you know, if that was their goal, then they were successful. Although it's hard to believe that that was their goal. But yeah, yeah because this does have a big shock ending. Well, <laughs> not a big right. shock ending, but a. Oh my god, the ending! <laughs> the, the ending, ending is one. the biggest one of those. I decisions like i just don't understand (laughs) right so he's he's building he's collecting you know body parts and he keeps going through that jigsaw naked lady jigsaw puzzle again and he's also you you discovered that the killer has kept his mother's clothes that she was wearing when he murdered her as a kid Mm -hmm. and so there's the the psycho reveal at the end where it's like and here's a stitched together corpse of a bunch of body parts with the mother's blood-soaked clothes on it. And and yep. then something happens. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, man. Which is just like, Jesus Christ, why? It's, it's almost as bad as like a, oh, and then the world blows up, or the, oh, and it's all a dream ending, but even more so because it makes even less sense. There is no supernatural aspect to this film. Not one bit. This is a um, you know somebody who's damaged by whatever maybe being I don't even know what damage he had done to him abused by his mother obviously because she acts very aggressive and is, is certainly verbally abusive towards him in the scene that we see her um, obviously he's got some hangups about sex and whatever and you know he's right. obviously very, very disturbed because he decides to cut people with a chainsaw but like at no point in this film yeah. <laughs> Is it suggested anywhere that there is some sort of supernatural element? There's not even like a 
campus legend or anything. Like, that's how Friday the 13th gets away with it, right? Because that, that whole thing is a legend, and that mo- whole movie, and, and if this is spoiling it for anybody, you need to do a little... Hopefully, nobody listening to this podcast is going to find this to be a spoiler for Friday the 13th. But the whole movie, you're assuming, because of the legend and because of all the stuff around it, that this is, you know, Jason Voorhees come back from the dead. And now it turns out it's just his, you know, vengeful mother. Mm-hmm. But the ending where he jumps out, you know, and drags what's her name Alice or whatever down in the canoe uh works because of that legend and because of the way it kind of wraps itself into the film and it's all about that this has nothing like that for it to all of a sudden like there's dead you know like (laughs) a dead sewn together creature whatever you call it is suddenly able to move and not only move but castrate somebody um doesn't make any fucking sense it's it just really another doesn't. really batshit thing that happens in this yeah. movie so. yeah yeah i think that was that was one of my uh that was one of my notes too. my note my just note like is the, the end what of the this fuck? is just like the what end the hell? just what the fuck <laughs> like, i just don't, like, I don't what, know what, what to say yeah jesus um a so, couple more like really really hilarious mo- moments that i love in this thing is the uh tennis coach girl that is working with the the police at that that last murder uh prior to her getting drugged by the dean and like all that when when she is uh the overreaction to the murder it's the one where the girl's cut in half Mm -hmm. um when she sees the corpse and she walks out and kendall walks over and is trying to like attempted for a second to kind of console her and she goes on this reaction where she starts yelling bastard bastard <laughs> i wrote that down bastard four times i believe and it's just the most beautiful overacted totally tone deaf scene that i've ever seen in my life i was yeah. literally like crying laughing and, and that <laughs> that's what keeps me on the on board with this movie is that kind of crap because it bastard. just start <laughs> yeah just, like i just want to insert that into like if i ever make films again or whatever like every time there is like you know, something terrible happens. I'm just going to insert that clip as the reaction. It, you know, it'd be a great see, like, bit of dialogue just <laughs> off camera to establish you are now looking at the bad guy or bad person in this movie. Bastard. Just like somebody off camera going, Bastard! Bastard! Yeah. Just um, in case most anybody dialogue, was curious. Yeah. Most of the dialogue in this film in general makes no sense. That's why I was wondering if it was a translation thing, but unfortunately I don't think it is. I think it's more along the lines of Perhaps the person who wrote it, you know, English is a second language or something, so I don't want to make fun too much, but my God, the scenes, like, some of the scenes don't even, like, make, like, what people are saying to each other just doesn't seem like they're talking. Like, the lines just don't make sense. It's so bad. Um, There's sound effects that are misplaced and weird. (laughs) I mean, there's just, like, all kinds of stuff that is just, like, nonsense in this movie. Um but it kind of like say most of this lovingly. If I do want to say something kind of bad, the only thing that like makes this not the perfect, like absolute perfect, so bad it's good movie, is because that unfortunately there are some scenes where this slows down and all you get is a long awkward scene with bad dialogue. Yeah. That goes on for a little too long. Like the pace kind of kills a few, you know, starts to kill it at a few moments. But then you get wonderful lines like Detective Mike Pence saying that, like, yeah, if you give me this information, I'll buy you a case of lollipops. So yeah, uh, weird but, shit. Like there's, <laughs> it, yeah, there it does really drag. Send that over middle. here, and I'll go buy you a case of lollipops. It's like, yeah, <laughs> though that does feel like something Mike Pence would <laughs> offer you, but totally. <laughs> totally unsolicited <laughs> like i i get the impression he just come up behind and go hey hey you want to get us a lollipop you know get us some of those uh some proof of those fake democratic ballots i'll get you a case of lollipops <laughs> that's why giuliani is uh, so motivated i want those goddamn <laughs> lollipops <laughs> those are mine uh, um, yeah. Topical. Now, Plus, I, the only thing as ridiculous as this movie is the situation. So it really not to is, make it political. I, oh, <laughs> God damn it, yeah. yeah. We usually talk about this at the beginning of the show, but this this movie has <laughs> brought it out in the middle or towards the end. Just like, yeah, good. It, it's reached Great. that level. This 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 film reaches that level of crazy. So it just, uh, 
it really it really right. does but yeah it does you have some drag moments in the middle and i've noticed this with some of the other you know this, this isn't an uncommon thing with the movies that we review specifically on this show where especially if it's like murder investigation you're going to have a good third of the movie that's just a lot of detectives trying to figure shit out which is you know normally not a bad thing if it's a murder mystery movie but there's usually something else that happens and this drags for a bit when the when the kill scenes happen you know they're they're over the top but it's it's such an unbalanced movie you've got totally <laughs> over the top effects and underwhelming performances and a script that makes no sense yeah i mean you do have a chainsaw murderer and a lot of a more than fair share of uh female nudity well oh no i take that back nudity in general there is male, male nudity male nudity in this film above you know where most american films will um so anyway but yeah lots of nudity lots of blood and guts uh chainsaw murders um so i mean it's got those things going for it what I, does I, ryan say i'm gonna pay tribute to ryan again it's uh what boobs and butts and bloods and blood and guts that's uh yeah. one of one of his catchphrases as it, well and that's what this movie's got it really so. is i really feel like <laughs> The, the the writers of this said you know we could do we could write a movie about a chainsaw killer on a college campus i mean hell that'd pretty much write itself and they thought and it then would it didn't. <laughs> and it didn't but they let it try yeah um i think somewhere in my reading about this on wikipedia it did say like there was one of the the complaints of like people that worked on this film is that the the filmmakers had a very loose script and it's like oh really i can't tell at all like <laughs> you know that works in some so, films like caddyshack this is yeah, not where one you of have those. talented you know comic performers that work you know have a history of working in improv and stuff like that and it's you know yeah. sure but and this is what you get any every other time <laughs> yeah every other time so right. yeah, this this was an experience. I can say I've seen it, and that's about what I can say. <laughs> Do you have any um, other thoughts about pieces or favorite <sighs> ridiculous moments before we? Honestly, go into grades, I rewinded. Or if you wanna... yeah. I rewinded the movie to make sure I heard her correctly with the whole smoking pot and fucking on a waterbed at the same time <laughs> thing. I I was like, uh... did I hear that correctly? And I rewound it, and I was like, uh, one more time because I need to write that down. Um, and just the little moments, like I'd mentioned before. Overall, yeah, this is this one is not one that you have to run out and see unless you. This would be good for like one of those having a party somehow. Oh yeah, and but everybody <laughs> would have to again. know what they're getting into. Like you'd have to let everybody know this is going to be a lot of everything, except a, good. It dep yeah. It depends who it is. Like if it's people you already know, like dig this sort of thing like are into kind of cult movies and 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 find bad movies funny then i don't think you have to prep those people like if you know that's your audience like they're ready to go on this if they haven't already seen it um because it does you know it, it certainly got some uh cult file in fact it's considered to be a cult classic essentially of just total garbage cinema but um it's you know still in existence just got a two disc uh blu-ray treatment in 2006 or 2016 and um as part of documentaries about you know um the 42nd street memories documentary about uh exploitation films and such so it is a if not revered it is certainly a remembered piece of uh cult cinema but i, I would guess it's because it's just simply that terrible that it's memorable so it's yeah and funny and it's, it's it's incredibly funny and i don't think they ever intended it to be but it's 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 yeah. hilarious in the way a, a, par a parody so often is not, um, just because it's trying to do something and failing at it so spectacularly. Yeah. I think if I had to wrap it up, we'd give it a grade, though. Oh, God. I mean, again, I, I tip my hat for actually using real carcasses of these animals, you know, a pig or something like that during... No. Some of the murders from scenes. a butcher's, from a butcher's, from a butcher shop. Nobody, yeah, nobody yeah, killed anybody, was, and if, this if, isn't if, Cannibal Holocaust. But no, 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 no. No, they that thing was going to be eaten anyway, and hopefully it was. Um, yeah, I. God, I don't even know if I can give this one a passing grade. I'm going to give it a D minus because at least I enjoyed watching it. I didn't enjoy <laughs> watching it, but I I found things enjoyable. That you know were amusing, mm -hmm. but I'll, I'll barely pass this movie. <laughs> because it's that bad <laughs> it 
it is that bad. Um, and the reason my grade's going to be a lot more positive than that isn't because it's not that bad. I agree with you on that front for sure. Um, I do have a little, like, weird piece of nostalgia with this movie and that this may be one of the first movies that made me, like, something clicked in my head watching pieces that, like, and the way that it was just so funny to me that it was so bad. Um, something clicked in my head. This is one of the first movies that I saw that I went, oh, well, I found that very enjoyable. Was it good? No, not at all. It was awful. But oh, okay. I had a good time watching it. So so it's so I have a little bit of nostalgia. This is one of those first movies where like I, I finally started to get that. And that has become a very big part of my, as you and Ryan suffer through sometimes, um, my enjoyment of cult cinema is sometimes, you know, sometimes it's not the best movie in the world but i you know we can i find things that i enjoy in it um this one is probably a great example of a movie that is just awful um it's nonsense like like you said just total utter nonsense the script doesn't make any sense the plot doesn't make any sense uh the characters are bad the acting even worse uh, even the score and the sound effects are kind of weird and inconsistent like they try to use some kind of like goblin-esque uh you know Italian Argento mm-hmm. music at times, but then other times it's like disco-y, and then <laughs> I don't know. Um, this is a great example of a movie that is total garbage, and that's not only in like the way that I say that lovingly. Uh, it is you know exploitationy of, of you know women of blood and guts of you know everything. It's just totally a trash movie, but it is to me thoroughly entertaining. I can't possibly give this thing any, anywhere in the A and B range, but for sheer entertainment value, I'm going to give this one a C. Um, because honestly, I, I really like it. Uh, but it's a weird one, because like, I don't know too many people I could like recommend this to, because it's just one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Yep. Weird. Weird review. But. I, you know what? I could see that. I'm going to stick with the D- minus just because it... Mm-hmm. it that doesn't mean I wouldn't recommend like you like shitty movies well <laughs> yeah you like get a good laugh from this, this kind of stuff yeah. like this yeah. is yeah this, this one's really up there but I mean it is hilariously bad like it's just yeah that, yeah. yeah but so I would like to know, know if I kind of knew we were getting into that listening out there has any thoughts on this one too have you seen the 1982 slashic classic slasher <laughs> yeah. classic try to coin that uh the movie pieces if you have seen this one we'd love to hear from you and you can drop us a line at video podcast at gmail.com you can tweet us at video junk pod uh find us on facebook at the video junkyard podcast main page or the facebook group uh as we just had with one of our listeners feel free to drop us a line tell us what you think do you have any recommendations if if we hated this one what else will we hate slash love uh, please feel free to forward those along, and uh, we'll add them to the list. Which which recommend something to you know torture Ryan and Joe, and that I'll probably end up loving some. So. Yeah, I mean I'll watch it. <laughs> I'll watch it anyway. But uh, speaking of Ryan, Ryan will be joining us on the Video Junkyard podcast next week. We are going to check out the '90s classic sci-fi that spawned a couple of TV series and a lot of series of actually I think just series of television on sci-fi but anyway the movie stargate which i remember liking quite a bit but haven't seen in years and years so let's see that's gonna be interesting i remember not liking it so we'll Mm, see what happens yeah things turn for the worst (laughs) or better we 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 don't know anymore because i i mean i feel like we set these up sometimes like you know boondock saints we were talking about prior to choosing it like yeah i don't think that's gonna play well in the modern world it turned out I feel like that was an accurate assessment. We kind of thought the same thing about Donnie Darko, and everybody like turned around and went, "Well, actually, that I I enjoyed that quite a bit." So yeah, we'll see which side Stargate lands on. So yeah, it's kind of fun to revisit those ones that are like much more like attached to the childhood because I think Stargate mm-hmm. came out in '94, which we'll talk more about next yeah. week, of course. But yeah, I mean that that was that's prime age for I really like this. It's going to shape potentially shape a future and like you said it spawned many uh series so it definitely lives yeah on i was gonna say fandom. series of films but i don't think there was ever a film sequel i think it's just the tv series but yeah a couple of them so yeah we'll have to definitely check those out and ryan will be back and then we've got uh some other stuff coming up down the line do we have anything scheduled scheduled i don't we do not have anything scheduled beyond that because we are if you know I, we talk about it all the time and people do, if people don't realize but we we are about two uh, two weeks ahead of when we're airing so i think we're scheduled four weeks out but that puts us only 
one week out as we're recording if that makes any sense but <laughs> so right anyway so but so, yeah stargate uh, stargate's the end of this uh end of the um but i do want to tell you like and joe just mentioned all the places you can reach out to us if you ever have a recommendation i'd like to do another round of audience picks um if you can see a film anywhere for free on a streaming service that's kind of where we're limiting stuff to uh we've been using tubi predominantly but anything that is free as in it doesn't cost a subscription fee is kind of where we're going because we want everyone to be able to watch along with us and uh, not have to pay a subscription fee to something uh, specifically just to watch the films we're watching so um because most of them are rec- worth recommend- paying for so <laughs> yeah if you want to recommend recommend something that you know is out there for free i would i would love to uh check it out so yes absolutely and we want to thank everybody for joining us tonight to discuss pieces on the video junkyard podcast and we hope that you'll uh, feel free to share this one around uh share on any of our episodes find us on soundcloud and uh spread the joy since we won't be doing that around thanksgiving tables this year you can always torture your family via email so <laughs> want to thank you once again for tuning in until next time this is the video junkyard podcast i'm joe peterson i'm eric O'Branson. while we were out here fumbling with that music the lousy bastard was in there Bastard! 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 You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. You just can't let them go? Go! Stay on the road. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash video junkyard podcast on Twitter at video junk pod and on Instagram as video junkyard podcast all one word want to thank you again for listening and keep digging who knows what treasures you'll find in the video junkyard. Hello fellow time travelers, I'm Tony Witt with the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast, the podcast in which we undertake the insert adjective here task of discussing in story order all of the Doctor Who novelizations. I'm joined by... Dalton Hughes. And by... Alison Fitzsafry. And we record our episodes twice a month. You're listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. Enjoy your travels.